This week's episode of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast is brought to you by listeners like you. Head on over to patreon.com slash run, eat, drink podcast and subscribe today. Fans, founders, and insiders like you help us keep the Run, Eat, Drink podcast going. And we thank you for your support. Hello, this is Marco Tessero and welcome to Run, Eat, Drink podcast. Welcome to the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We feature destination races from across the country. And after the race, we take you on a tour of the best local food and beverage to celebrate. So whether you are an elite runner or a back of the packer like us, you'll know the best places to accomplish, explore, and indulge on your next runcation. Hey, welcome to the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. This is episode 120. I'm your host, Amy. And I'm your co-host, Dana. And I can just tell you, this is the heat of the summer. Oh, it really is. I just finished a 5K that I owed the running gods. My my tribute has been paid, my sacrifice made. And it was woefully, painfully slow. Uh, I can't tell you. I I really tried yesterday. Of course, we'll get into all of that, but it was the same situation for me. It is the summer here in Florida, the heart of heat and humidity. Oh yeah. It was rough, (laughs) but, but we did it. We did. We're, we're, we're kind of in the middle of a weird time right now. There's there's clearly a heat wave in addition to our regular summer heat. Yes. We also right now are experiencing uh, some Saharan dust that's blown across the Atlantic Ocean and uh-huh. is over Florida right now. So it mm. kind of, if you wake up in the morning and you get to see sunrise, it's very cool. And it's also making sunsets very beautiful, very golden. During the day, even with a blue sky though, it has a... I don't know, kind of a weird, hazy quality. And the, the, yeah. the dust is up in the upper atmosphere. I mean, it's not like yeah. it's down at surface level too, so much. But the, um, the, the the hazy quality that it gives is just kind of weird. Kind I of see it looking. in the sunset. Oh, like, yeah. As the sun goes down as we're walking the dogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see it then. But it is just... So there are several challenges on many levels. And... We persevered and got it done, and we're going to talk about that today, as well as some training updates. And we had a we had a purpose for this this run, yeah. And not only just to keep our training up, but no. because uh, we're going to be talking about the first of our Run Disney Virtual series this week. Yay! Right? I'm excited. That's the happy portion of the running part of our show. And then we're going to be flashing back. Yes, because you know. We actually got the opportunity to travel, and we were so excited that we might have hit several different places in the Clearwater area to bring to you. Oh, we absolutely had that conversation. We're like, we don't know when we're going to get to do this again. Let's let's hit yeah. a bunch of places and see what we can find for our listeners. Do so, all the things. Yeah, So because we don't know when we're going to get to do this again. Yeah, so we did. So here we are. And that's for both food and beverage. But two different places. Yes. So that's cool. Well, let's get started. Yeah. Let's talk running. Well, I, I think that we, we ought to start with the part that is not so fun. The part, well, we've already talked about the weather. Well, that yeah, wasn't so fun. That's not so fun. But I think it will, honestly, <clears throat> the weather is challenging, Yes. But I feel like that is going to really help us persevere in the fall and winter months. Oh, yeah. I I really do feel like starting training in the summer for long runs, like we normally start mm-hmm. training in July for an October, November half marathon. Yeah. I really feel like pounding out those miles in the summer – makes the winter or fall and winter miles easier. It makes them easier, yes. And I think that there are going to be miles and miles of virtual 
races. It's starting to look that way. Because this week we were subject to several different announcements. Let's start with the big one. That's New York City. NYC. Yeah. Mm. I got the the word or the official announcement that the New York City Marathon has been canceled for 2020. So I feel for one of our insiders, I feel for James Gray. Yeah. Yeah, I really do. Because I know he was running that for a charity that was near and dear to his heart and his family. Right. And uh, it just, I, I know there's there's nothing like running in a city. I get why it happens. Let me just say 100% up front, I know why all this is happening. Sure. We're we're going to just kind of put that out there. And yeah. like that's that should be assumed anytime we're yes. talking about this. But Given. we're but. Now that we were making that assumption, we're going to lament the loss of the race. Yeah, because we know why health, safety, it's there. It's said. Mm-hmm. But the New York City Marathon, I mean, uh, just hearing it described like when I listen to Meb Kofleski's books. Oh, yeah. And hear about the way I that hear him the, talk about it talks. Oh, we hear about it when he, yeah, live. <laughs> but <laughs> or in interviews. On this show. Yes. But uh, there's, it seems like there's nothing like it. And and we know that firsthand from going to a city we've never been in, like Anchorage, Alaska, and experiencing the city by running a race through it. Right. And meeting people who have traveled there, but also who are locals who can give us the skinny on where to go in the city to enjoy mm-hmm. food and drink. Absolutely. Or just just taking in the scenery. There's nothing like it. And the New York City Marathon sounds like a fantastic way to experience the five boroughs. Yeah. And, you know... Hopefully, we're going to see it come back in 2021. You know, we we love traveling to New York. We've oh yeah been there. It's it's just we've never gotten to do the race itself. No, we before we even started the show was uh, when we were in high school. We traveled there as speech and debate competitors. Yeah, it goes all the way back, all the way back, way then. back, way back. We're going in the DeLorean back in time. Just okay, okay. Yeah. I dated myself, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but that sadly, that wasn't the only announcement no. that we heard this week. And this one, no. I, I, I don't know. I, you know, Of course, we're saddened about the cancellation of New York, even though we yeah. had no intention of running it. Right. But this next announcement not only is saddening, I, I'm kind of... Surprised by it. Surprised and maybe a little upset for the runners. Yeah. About it. Yeah. And, and what we're talking about is... Runners like us. Runners like us. Specifically runners, runners like, like us. us. Maybe people who are, you know, wanting to do a, a large organized race for the first time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe they're, they're middle or back of the Packers mm-hmm. and perhaps time constraints are a struggle for them. Well, we heard yeah. the announcement this week regarding the Marine Corps Marathon. Yes. Talk about that a little bit. Giving it a virtual option, yes, just like New York and Boston have done. Mm-hmm. But also saying, yes, we're still planning on running the course. And from what we hear from others who have run it, the, the course is amazing. There's usually a higher time limit. There is a higher per mile pace. And they've dropped it down to like 12 and change. Yeah, with only what ni- about three months to go, ninety days or so. Yeah, because it's in October usually. They've said we're still going to host two, it. Three, yeah, like three and a half months. But we are reducing the the total time for this race allotted for for you to be out there on the course, which means you have to maintain something like a twelve minute per mile pace. Twelve or uh, twelve or thirteen. It was like twelve thirty, I think. Twelve thirty. Yeah. Yeah. And. Check their website if you want the specifics on that. But the the, the point being was that they, they made a substantial reduction in the allotted time. So the, the middle and back of the pack runners are going to really have to kick their training into high gear for the next three months if speed was a factor and something that they're going to have to factor in on race day when they go to actually run this race. 12 minute per mile for the marathon. Oof. 
to confirm it from from their website. Yeah. So it's so they've sh- they it used to be 14 minutes per mile. Yeah, the previous benchmark of 14 minutes per mile. 2 minutes per mile. So that's that's for 26.2. Yeah, so it's basically 53 minutes that they've shaved off the total lot of time. So that's uh, a that's a tough pill to swallow. So uh, for those that were planning on running the, or are planning on running the Marine Corps, um, you know, we're we're thinking about you. We're hoping that your training goes really well that's just that's a tough one i'm i I personally am hoping that race organizers don't take a page out of their book for that i i I personally don't like that practice i well with such little time to go to train and i know that's relative when you say that and you're like oh three months but well if i were to tell you that you're gonna have to shave 52 minutes off of your marathon pace and you got 90 days to do it. And you've never done a marathon, let's say. Yeah. Mm. And you're, tr- maybe you've been training all this time for the 14 minute per mile pace. Yeah. So, you know, again, I'm just hoping no, it's rough. that other race organizers don't take a page from but, their book. And again, we understand different races have to do what they have to do, but I just, I feel for those runners. I totally feel for those runners. Absolutely. And I really feel for us as runners for this final update. Because this week we got an email and we got a really rather well put together video from Amanda Napolitano, who is tied to the Donna Foundation. Mm-hmm. And she has said that the health and well-being and the safety of runners, especially those who want so badly to participate in the Donna Marathon weekend, who are fighting cancer, recovering, have recovered. That population is precious to us. And so we want to put their best interests at heart. And we're going to go virtual for 2021. Yeah. For all events. Yeah, this... Didn't please me either, but this one I understood a bit more given the sheer number of runners that you see out there that are currently in treatment and yes. are, are and are by definition immunocompromised. Mm-hmm. So, again, tough pill to swallow. Yeah. I get it. And I don't know, like it, but I yeah. get it. And I know we're going to do them still because we want to support that foundation that supports so many families that are battling through that illness. Oh, without a doubt. In fact, the minute I saw that, e- I saw that email and I, I was reading it and, and probably saying some things that aren't aren't uh, safe for work. It might get us an explicit <laughs> tag, but you're not going to do that. I'm not going to do that here. No. Use your imaginations, yeah, folks. Yeah. But I started to text you. And all of a sudden, bing, you texted me. Yes, because we got that same email at the same time. And yeah. I had just watched the video and I was, I just, I knew how hard it would hit. So we were starting to, we're starting to let the wheels turn anyway yeah. as, as 20, you know, we've joked in the past about 2020 being the year of the virtual. When, and, but it really. It is starting to, to really look like that is in fact going to be the case. So the yeah. wheels are starting to turn now, especially as we see races like Donna, which was slated for February 2021. 2021. That um, we, we're starting to, to think about ways that we might be able to do some of these virtuals but go to the city that it yeah. was originally held in yeah so we're going to be thinking about that and yeah. coming up with ways to bring you some awesome locations still so yeah. um again not great announcements for you know what's coming up with organized race events but mm. you know the fact of the matter is um we we improvise, adapt, and overcome, mm. and yeah. we are uh, we're finding some pretty amazing virtuals in the meantime. And speaking of amazing virtuals, we have for this for the last two summers, and now this will make the third, have run the Run Disney Summer uh, Virtual Race Series. Yeah, the first year was two years ago, and that was a race series based around the Incredibles franchise. So cool. The, the Disney uh, family superhero, Love kind of that. like kind of like their version of the Fantastic Four, but animated. It's so well done. Yeah, and you know we by comparison, we were so happy when we got those virtual medals to see the build quality on the medals themselves. Mm. Great ribbons, just 
fantastic, and we were using that as an as an opportunity to go up to Disney on those weekends that oh, we yeah. would run them, and we'd actually do them at the parks and and all that. Last but year we did the Marvel series. Did the same thing last year, and, and those Marvel medals were uh, Captain America. I'm sorry, um, Captain, Captain Marvel, Marvel. Yeah. Black Panther, Iron Man. Yes, and then the 80 Years of Marvel yeah. bonus. Right. Yeah. So, I, in again, fact... Great quality on the yeah, medals. You can't... They are solid. They are the same quality as if you were doing a run Disney race in person. Yes. And uh, coming up in my timeline and Facebook have been all of the little reminders of, oh, at this time last year, you were uh, having breakfast at the Boardwalk Bakery. Uh. And running your virtual 5K. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Just right in there. Just twist it. Twist the knife. Twist it a little. So this year we could not travel to Disney because they're not even open. No. Not until July something. 15th. I think so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we... And and with some restrictions, which lead me to believe that we're not going to make the trip up there for the other virtual races. I don't know. We'll have to see how it goes. Well, there's a lot of speculation happening yeah. about what what's what's you know going to happen with park reopening and all that. But in the meantime, um, since we yeah. we don't have a, a booking at at Disney, right? We are still running these Disney virtual series mm -hmm. because we love the theme for this year. Yeah. The theme is amazing. I love classic Disney attractions, love them. And they have highlighted for the month of June, the mad tea party in Fantasyland at Walt Disney world. Oh, how fantastic is that? And when you look at the, the metal itself, it is a very colorful, uh, metal done in pink, blue, and yellow or gold. And they've spot on captured what the teacup looks like that you sit in when you ride this attraction. Yes, and they. I also like the use of different uh, colors or uh, tones of metals, M-E-T-A-L-S, mm -hmm. as opposed to in the various medals, M-E-D-A-L-S. <laughs> so the first one is a copper looking or all or, around or it bronze aged bronze kind of look to yeah. it uh, actually i'll go with copper on that one and you know on, on the perimeter and then yeah. inside is the, the pink with the you know the 2020 is is got a nice background of bright yellow and gold and then the cup itself is in this i don't know would you call that like a light pale turquoise yeah yeah kind of yeah, like it's like a greenish, bluish. So, yeah, it's like a lighter turquoise. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. And it, it looks so much like the the little teacups that you enter and you sit in and you and, and then you spin the wheel that's in the center to go as fast as you can mm -hmm. during the whole minute and a half that you ride that attraction that you experience <laughs> that attraction you know and i don't know if you have any memories of that oh I, we've ridden it plenty yeah i, I mean I'm, special special kind of memories but i am telling you i when i was in college i worked for a very short period of time at walt disney world mm -hmm. and the the tea party was one of the attractions, the Mad Tea Party was one of the attractions that I got to operate. And I have really great memories of winding down the night. When you're brand new there, you get a lot of closing shifts. <laughs> and Welcome to the team, new yeah, guy. Yeah, parade patrol and closing shifts. But operating the Mad Tea Party, you... You know, you have this script that you go by, and at the end of the night, it was really great to get the guests excited and to say, you know, are you ready to go? Let me hear you, and having them cheer on the attraction. So this particular attraction, I'm glad that they chose to highlight in the month of June because it brought me back to having some fun at work at Walt Disney World. Yeah. I never worked there. 
I've just, <laughs> just attended there a lot and I love the ride. Again, the, the, the stuff that it, that goes back to some of the classic Disney stuff that, that is inspired by the classic Disney movies. And in this case, you're yeah. talking about Alice in Wonderland. Oh yeah. So, you know, just great, uh, a great movie, Oh, you know, fantastic visuals. The ride itself is, is just you know, sensory overload for I love little it. kids and a little you know, teapot in the middle. And it's one of those rides that families can ride together. Yeah. Which is great. It's also, it's fun enough for, for kids of all ages up to adults, but it's, so good. but it's also something that even small kids can get in there yeah. and they, you, you see the little kids, they're just trying their darndest to turn that wheel in the middle. Oh. They want to make it go as fast as they can. And they're totally. just having a blast doing it. So it's a, it's a really neat ride for, totally, for that yeah. reason. And, and yeah. I, I think that this metal captures the feeling of that ride so well yeah i like the tilt of the glass the the, the cup the teacup the in, tea the, cup, yeah. in, in the saucer yeah yeah so if you're interested in this check out the um episode artwork we'll have yeah we'll have the picture actual of, picture of the metal because we don't have the medals yet yeah hey disney run disney <clears throat> get get to the post office come on well i, I, I have th- heard rumors online that some people are starting to get theirs we didn't get ours until July last year. So. It's very understanding of you. I want my medals. I know, but it's okay. So at least we know what we're going to get in the mail, and you can check out the, the artwork. It's super cool. Love it. So we did our 5Ks basically on uh, on the assumption our medals are coming. Yes. So let's talk about the actual run itself. Um, you know, at the top of the show, what we talked about, how hot it was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to take a guess and say you didn't avoid... We're on kind of different work schedules, mm-hmm. so I'm guessing you didn't avoid the heat of the day when you did yours. Well, I started at uh, 9 o'clock in the morning. Which for most people, they'd say, oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. You know, so... Temps were in the feel-like range of 101. <laughs> 101, people, 101. Yeah. And it's like the steam that's coming up from the pavement. That's fun. Because we get, normally we get afternoon thunderstorms. So in the evening, the the ground gets soaked. And in the morning, it's burning off and evaporating. Yeah. Super special conditions. Love them. Love them. But like we said, this experience prepares us for an easier time at actual races in the fall and winter should we have them. So, and it prepares us to have a little easier time with the higher mileage at that time in training period. Oh yeah. So I, you know, while, while I suffer through it, I just have to mentally prepare and keep the mantras going and have fun podcasts and music that I'm listening to and then focus on the fact that, okay, I've done one mile and then I'm going to be in the second mile and now I'm going to be done. Yay. 5k. And I will tell you it I wasn't, I knew I wasn't going to do it for time in the heat. Right. No, I, I did some, some intervals like 555, five seconds walking or, or five seconds running, 55 seconds walking. Some 1030, but overwhelmingly because of the heat, I walked. So it took me a little over an hour. But I feel good about that because it's conditioning and because it was technically the long run for the weekend. The mission was to get the miles done. And yeah. I did. So I feel good about it. You? Good call. I actually, I did the same thing. I I was initially going to get out there and and do the twenty forty interval, and I did my walk run. You're a machine. I, more, m- much more of a of a walk, and it was early. I got up at six a.m. Actually, I got up at four a.m. on an off day, thanks to the dogs, and yeah. then stayed oh. up. And around six, I went out to start my run and I didn't really go much faster than you did. I spent about the same time on the road, about about an hour on the road. Mm. 
for the first half of it, I took the dogs and I thought to myself, all right, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll get them tired out, sure. do the three miles with yeah. them. And normally they're good for three miles. Yeah. And it was so steamy and so hot. They were just, they yeah. were done at uh, about a mile, 1.4. So I brought them in and came back out. Mm. And there are just some days where in our neighborhood where we become the popular spot for everybody else walking their dogs. That and is so that, true. That creates issues, <laughs> you know, with with the dogs wanting to go see other dogs and bark at people and all that. And so it was kind of nice to finish without that. Yeah. So I, I did a little bit of interval work, not much. Uh, I just, it was, again, the humidity was was killer. It's going to take a couple of weeks of acclimation to this now that this is now the the kind of the baseline of what we're going to be experiencing. And, so true. You know, we will, we will, the, I don't want to call it grousing, the reporting on the, the temperatures will taper off uh, to a certain extent uh, over the next couple of weeks. But it's just, it's something that's factoring into our training. Yeah. And then you even posted something in our social media feed earlier this week talking yeah. about giving yourself permission to slow down because your body is actually working so much harder when temperatures climb like that, especially when you're looking at triple digit uh, heat indices. Yeah, you can't feel bad about that. I mean, the instinct, because you want to get better as a runner, and I think that a lot of us are those type A personalities that kind of, oh, I should improve with every run, and why am I not faster? Well, there are conditions that make it a challenge, and you can't beat yourself up about that. Well, I also think that you... You do continue to get better. You inc- do increase your physical training and conditioning, even if your time doesn't necessarily improve. True. Because of the heat, your body's just having to do some different stuff. And, and you know, like our counterparts that might be in the southwestern part of the U.S. Ooh. who don't have the, the humidity to contend with, they'll have higher overall temperatures. Yeah. The only saving grace that they'll have is that that the sweat is evaporating and giving them a little bit better cooling. For us, mm. we don't get a lot of times you don't get that benefit. It's just right. you're you're just soaked, and well. you know so it, it's just different conditions for everybody. And again, yeah. you know we don't have to deal with the winter running that our that northern uh, listeners are having to deal with. Yeah. You know when they when they run up in the in north in the winter time, you know they're having to run bundled up. They're having to run um, and deal with hazards like ice, Mm -hmm. snow, things that we just never think about. Right. And we don't have to think about. So this is this is our challenge. Yeah. And we just have to be in the right frame of mind and with the and arm ourselves with the right tools to make it happen. So for me, prior to going out, I've been making sure that I get at least 64 ounces of water Mm. in me before going out. Yeah. Try to try to do that with you know thirty minutes ahead, mm-hmm. and give it time to kind of get out of my stomach, and then uh, having water. If I'm doing just a loop on the street, keeping like another thirty-two ounce bottle in the driveway, yep. and that way, as I do a lap, I can come by, grab some real quick, and keep yeah. going. Well, and speaking of Disney, I will tell you the hydration is key, but also you know those Doctor Cool cooling towels, cooling towels. Yeah. that we get and we can keep from the end of the race. Yes, I will wet those down and keep those in the refrigerator and I'll take one with me so that I can keep cool. I'll put it around my neck. I mean, you could put it on your head, you could do whatever you want, but, and then like, if it's a longer run, maybe like the eight miler that I have scheduled next week, I'll come in and I'll trade out the towels. That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. And I was gonna say, I also have a, um, they call them neck gaiters. It's those yeah. those tubular scarves mm-hmm. that are if people wear face masks. And if you've watched any of our Instagram lives, you've seen me. I've got one that's like looks like an acid trip, you know, multicolored rainbow tie dye kind of thing. Yes, but it's made of that moisture wicking material that you know you can wet it, wring it out, and then you know they, they say to snap it like you're snapping a towel, and that just basically gets some airflow through it. Mm-hmm. And then that when you put that on, it, it cools you off so they're, yeah. they they've got a whole line of stuff and again they are not sponsors this is just a thing that we've discovered from r- being at run disney events yeah, that helps that, that work and, and whatever helps you know if you're doing hot weather running you know making sure you're hydrated having mm-hmm. a plan for taking hydration throughout your run mm-hmm. is key 
and you're mentioning your eight mile run for mm. that one, I'm probably going to do my hydration pack. Yeah. Yeah. Because typically if it's, if it's a run over six miles, mm-hmm. that's usually one that we'll go out of our neighborhood for. And we might a lot of, well, a lot of times. We yeah. Do. Yeah. And then, you know, for that, I want to have water with me. I've sure. made, I've made the mistake of not taking yes, you have. hydration with me before. But we both have. And that, I don't recommend that. No. So these are that. some good tips, yes, and some good tools. Yeah, and we hope in the coming week or two to maybe have a special guest on to talk about some hot weather training stuff. Indeed. So Stay we're working tuned. on that. Stay tuned. In the meantime, if you are looking for a, a virtual race, don't forget that Virtual Pace Series offers us a discount code. Yes. For their virtual races. Yeah, this is not the Disney stuff. No. But, but they have some pretty amazing Metals. Virtual races, nonetheless. And supporting great causes. So if you go to Virtual Pace Series website, which we'll link to in the show notes, and use Run, Eat, Drink 10, you'll get 10% off any event. And again, they're also not a sponsor. They were just really cool in giving us that 10% discount code for you guys. Yeah. So it's good stuff. All this running and talk of running has got me hungry. Mm-hmm. And I have been thinking about what we're about to talk about for the last two weeks. You have said to me that this was the star of our entire trip to Clearwater. And it's true. I, I will stand by that. And I am I'm very happy about that because a lot of times we go to a city, we we plan kind of where we're gonna go. We research. Do a ton of research. Yeah. And you know. But it's, it's those times where you're just out and wandering and you discover something by accident and you walk in and you, it blows you away. Oh, and those are like some of the best experiences we've had on the show. Absolutely. And this is one of those times. Oh. So we were, we were fortunate enough to, to get to spend a weekend, uh, about a week and a half ago mm-hmm. as we're recording this now, yeah. up in Clearwater Beach, yeah. which is on the Gulf Coast of Florida, uh, right south of Tampa and just above Sarasota. Mm. And I, I was, we were up there seeing family mm-hmm. and we, we got to stay up there for a couple of days. And while we were out and about, just kind of wandering the strip of Clearwater Beach. Exploring the area. Yeah. Um, Mandalay Avenue is basically the, the main street, the main mm. drag mm. that you go up and down. So you've got bars and restaurants and attractions all up and down the street. Yeah. And one of those, just a small place, just a super small place with outdoor bar seating and indoor bar seating as well as, you know, seating for, you know, four tops and groups. This place, colorful and unexpected, amazing food and beverage came from the North Island Bar and Grill in Clearwater. Yeah, and, and when Amy says it's small, she's she's not exaggerating. Yeah. The, the place is not very large. No. Maybe seats, I don't know, you've got the, the bar, which has... 20, the out, When you said outdoor bar seating, there's not an outdoor bar. No. There's a long window, and that is on one side of the bar. Mm-hmm. And they've got some fold-down seats on the exterior of the building on the sidewalk. And yeah. then you got the bar itself. There's seating along the bar. And then behind or on the on the back wall, basically you have inside. Yeah. High top tables that'll seat maybe four four, maybe six people. And you got about three or four of them max. Three or four of those tables. Yeah. Maybe maybe a couple more. It is not a big place. But it's so colorful though, it with island kind of theming yeah a lot of turquoise coloration Yellow. and yellows and sunset colors yeah i mean it screams beach oh for sure and boy was it great yeah this you know we, we we just decided to duck in while we were out for a walk saying hey let's see let's see what this place is all about and it did not disappoint and Initially, I was like, oh, let's just go in and we'll get like uh, one of the maybe the beachy kind of drinks and or, you know, fun shots that they have because they they had an extensive cocktail menu. But really, we saw somebody get fish and chips while we were having a beverage and we were like, oh, that looks good. Maybe we don't want to spoil our dinner. 
but let's let's just let's do a shareable like an appetizer. Right. And we happened upon the Argentina Reds that's in the beach bites section of their menu, like an appetizer section. Yeah, the best way to describe this place would be be classic beach bar. I oh. think is is fair to say. Yes. And they have you know their beach bites. You know a lot of a lot of um, you know like boneless wings, crab cakes, uh, pot stickers. They they've got a a bit of a variety. Mm-hmm. A lot of things mm. are handheld, you know, holdable foods, kind of like the, the sure. beach noshables we talked about uh, on last week's episode, very mm. much translated here. But I didn't realize how much food that they were doing that's coming out of the kitchen that's that's made on site and fresh made. Uh, I mean, I'm looking at a photo of the dish that we shared. Is this the photo that's in the episode artwork? Uh, indeed, it yeah. is. And the shrimp are enormous. They're huge, tail on, but they've been cleaned and they, you know, you peel them, but they have Parmesan over top and they come in this Cajun butter garlic sauce with some awesome garlic bread. Yeah, that you can use to soak up that amazing sauce. It it should be no secret to longtime <sighs> listeners of the show, and if you're just new to the show, typically if we are out and about in a beach town, one of our favorite dishes to get is peel and eat shrimp. Yes, you know it's just it's a it's a very uh, shareable dish. It you know it's it lend, fun. If it's fun, it lends itself to just eating and conversing, and you know and the food is great, and it's a nice you know. It's a great protein. This Ugh. one's a little bit different. You know, on the menu, they describe it as extra large, easy peel and eat shrimp. Well, okay. Usually, peel and eat shrimp are not split down the back and cleaned and deveined. Mm, yeah. They went that extra step here and did that. And did that for you. Yeah. The other thing that you don't normally get, and this is really in most places here in Florida. You don't normally get shrimp that are this large. They're huge. They were warm. It was... These were easily U8 shrimp or U6 <sighs> shrimp, meaning meaning six or eight shrimp to a pound. They, I mean, they're enormous because I'm used to the smaller ones that come in the bucket at, at a beach location mm-hmm. that you would just peel and eat several of them before you would f- start to feel full. Right. This, I mean, after two or three, you're like, God, these are enormous. Mm-hmm. And they are so flavorful. The garlic, the Cajun wasn't too spicy, but just added flavor. And the saltiness of the Parmesan that was over top. Oh, and then going back in with the buttered garlic bread. To get some of that sauce. To get some of that sauce. Yeah. <gasps> oh. The other thing that so I would good. I would really say about this dish is, is that unlike many places, and, and in Florida, there's an abundance of fresh seafood. Mm. The good news is that that oftentimes means that places that are close together and, and a beach town like this, it's a very competitive landscape for bars sure. and restaurants because oh, yeah. a lot of places will benefit by the fact that they may be close to a hotel or close to the beach. Mm-hmm. This one's a, a little bit further down the road than, yeah. than the big resorts. So yeah. this kind of caters and we actually asked our, our bartender, we said, you know, how much local traffic do you guys get? And she mm. said quite a bit. Yeah. So they're not just there trying to capitalize on the on the vacationers that are coming to the area, but a lot of locals come there. They did such a great job with the shrimp because a lot of times you'll get peel and eat shrimp, especially from chains. Oh. And they're tough. They can be. The the shells are hard to remove, mm-hmm. and that's a great sign that you've overcooked the shrimp. Mm. If they're hard to get the shell off. Mm. Um, and just not a lot of flavor. These were cooked just to the point where they were no longer translucent, which means they're perfect. Oh, so 
good. So it's just this this slightly sweet, juicy, perfect tender shrimp. Yeah. And that sauce, um, Cajun seasoning. This when, when a lot of people hear Cajun, they think hot. This is not really a hot seasoning. Warm. Um, I, I'm yeah, well. I mean, it was warm because of the the butter, but not temperature warm. But it's like a warming. It's not like a you. It doesn't. It's not like hot wing sauce where you just like it. It can obliterate your mouth. It's the best thing I could equate it to, or if I were giving somebody an example that they could draw on, maybe if you've ever tried um, store bought Cajun seasoning, like say Emerald Lagasse's. Oh, uh, yeah. The mix that he used to make, mm-hmm. or uh, Chef Paul Prudhomme's uh, Cajun seasoning mm. that. It, it's red in color, but that's mainly from paprika. There might be a little bit of cayenne in there for a touch of heat, but that it's not, not there much. to blow your doors off. Yeah. So it just gives you this fantastic flavor. Oh, they're fantastic. Oh, I, I mean, I'm going to tell you every time we talk about an awesome experience like this, my mouth just waters. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, and when we were there, we're watching other people's food come out. Uh, this gentleman that was sitting next to me, he got this order of fish and chips mm. that was enormous. And so. I leaned over, asked him, I said, how is it? He goes, oh, it's really good. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they have fish and chips. Uh, they, they, of course, do a lot of things with seafood being that mm-hmm. close to the beach. But they also have a, a whole section of the menus dedicated to handhelds, which is sandwiches, burgers, and wraps. Mm-hmm. They did have an avocado sandwich, huh? Yeah, they have some some pretty unique things on the menu. Oh, a couple yeah. a couple things jumped out at us when we were there. We were looking at the fact that they offer as an option in the appetizer section deep fried panko crusted ribs that they toss in a sweet Thai chili sauce. Sounds good. That sounded incredible. They had something that you don't see on a lot of menus, and that was a stone crab chowder. Usually it's like a conch chowder or conch clam. clam. Yeah. Stone crabs are very seasonal. Mm-hmm. So you, I'm sure that that is not available most of the year. Mm. So, um, you know, to see something like that on the menu of a place that was this small. And yeah. then they're even doing, they even offer a kind of an interesting dessert option. They were offering uh, sweet potato fries drizzled with a chocolate sauce <laughs> and marshmallows. That sounds amazing. Like as a dessert. So really creative stuff and not something you would expect from what looks like kind of a hole-in-the-wall beach bar. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was decorated so beachy and just it gave that island vibe, but it wasn't, it didn't look like a dive. No, we you know? did We did go to a place that was a dive. Oh, yeah. That may show up on a later episode. It could. But um, no, this this is just... Literally a block away, a hundred yards away from the beach. Yeah. Yeah. And their drink menu is no slouch either, although we didn't really imbibe from there. No, I mean we had some some draft beer to go with the um with, with the shrimp. In fact, I think we got uh we picked up some stuff from a local brewery there, H O B that will be on a later episode of the yeah, show. Indeed. And we also got an old favorite from Big Storm, which was on tap there. Yeah, Wave Maker. So it was so good to see that there. But um the, the star of the show for, for the meals for yes. this trip from me was absolutely this shrimp dish oh my goodness and they do have a pretty extensive like you said mixed drink menu their mixed okay. drinks range in price from seven dollars and fifty cents down to uh, uh six six bucks yeah and uh, everything was just made fresh right there i didn't see any pre-made mixes no i think reasonably priced and the appetizer we had was reasonably priced at eleven dollars for all that shrimp Look, finding places like this, especially when you're going to a beach town where there's a lot of resorts, is a great way. Mm. It's going to sound funny. Here's a travel tip. Huh. Get out of your hotel. Don't eat at the, at the hotel, restaurant, or bar. True. You're going to pay twice the price for the same food that's not going to be prepared as well, typically. There are, of course, exceptions to that rule. Mm-hmm. But in, when you've got a town like this that you've got such a rich variety of places, these these places are competing for your dollars. Yeah. And these guys here at North Island Bar and Grill are doing it right. Yes. So good. Absolutely. Mm, mm, mm. Highly recommend. 
So before we go on, we just wanted to take a moment to thank you all for heading over to Patreon and jumping in and becoming part of the Runcation Nation and doing your part to help support the show. Yes. People have approached us at races when there were races to be run. And they way back then, way back then, way back in, you know, January or last December would approach us and say, you know, we love what you're doing. We want to support you long term. How can we? And, you know, we'll we'll always make the show free and available to everyone. But if there are people out there that want to throw us a little love, help support us, help keep it going. We have patreon.com slash run eat drink podcast. Yeah, a lot of people like the Patreon model. It lets them see what's available in terms of sponsorship levels. We have three in particular. Uh, we have fans who start at $2 a month. Yes. And for, for those that uh, jump in at the $2 level, we're going to shout you out on the show <laughs> and can't tell you how much of a difference that $2 a month makes in terms really? of... of offsetting our costs for bandwidth and hosting and all of that. And there are founders that are at the $5 level who mm -hmm. get a shout out on the show and they get their names in lights on runnydrink.net. Yep, we create a special page just for our founders and insider. Well, yeah, founders and insiders that are, yes. you know, going to be memorialized there <laughs> as long as we exist and appreciated and the insider level is the ten dollar level and we've had a couple of people generously become insiders and we wanted to make it worth their while so we mail them a little thank you a little podcast sticker but also some special content yes um uh, you know we often have cameras rolling when we go to places because we started out as a video podcast originally mm -hmm. and as a result of that we haven't really gotten out of the habit no we do a lot of it for social media anyway and we've had some really unique opportunities to get some special interviews at the donna marathon weekend with cancer survivors and we also, over this um, time of quarantine, mm. we actually did some great interviews and we're putting those up in the feed as well for people for, to actually see those interviews. For insiders. So we want to make it worth your while if you have approached us at, or you really just love what we're doing and want to help us keep it going. We are at patreon.com slash run eat drink podcast or you can click on the become a patron button if you are a podbean user within the podbean app yeah podbean's got its own patron program and rather than you know create two separate things we just replicate uh we have all the same tiers and options and perks in both locations so you know regardless of which one you choose it's there and available for you. And if you elect to do that, um, you're making a world of difference to us. Uh, it's amazing. And we can't thank you enough for supporting the Runny Drink Podcast. So let's talk drinks. Yeah. Because we, we didn't. Cheers. I mean, we did get a drink while we were there. At the of park. course. You know, we experienced some local beers. But we also made a point Cocktails. of visiting a local spot that is that is unique to the Tampa Bay well unique to Florida it has expanded outside of the Tampa Bay area but it has its mm -hmm. roots in Ybor City in Tampa it's also <sighs> one of the very first places that we covered here on the it was Drink in podcast. fact the first eating and drinking portion of our show ever and that would be the Columbia restaurant the Columbia restaurant the the first episode we featured their their location at the Riverwalk, at the Tampa Riverwalk. Yes. Yes. And they also, I mean, we have very unique ties to the, the one in Ybor City, like you said. Mm -hmm. But we were in Clearwater, and they have a San Key location in Clearwater. Yeah, San Key is know, just over just a small bridge. Clearwater, Right yeah. from Clearwater Beach. Right. And we've been there numerous times. Uh, and, oh, and when you go to this particular location, it is right on the water. So beautiful and right out there. We love the food. We have talked of about course. the food. Yes. But they have fantastic beverages there. They have a unique beverage that we 
we kind of wanted to have to toast the return or the reopening of all the restaurants in the Columbia Restaurant Group. Yes. Because they're just now reopening. They're taking every precaution. They are doing everything they can to welcome people back safely and keep their employees safe. And so we wanted to come and on this episode really shout out an original recipe, Pete's Manhattan. And this is a drink that I like to take a little bit of, uh, I don't know, I'm going to take the credit here and say that you I- take in- the credit? I introduced you to it. You ordered it. Yes. We were, what What did we do? We were coming up for uh, the holidays Yeah, we, and we were getting takeout. That's exactly right. We were coming up for the holidays. Yeah. We were waiting on our takeout order and we got a beverage while we were waiting before we headed over to the hotel and oh. I ordered the Pete's Manhattan and I was, it knocked my socks off. So great because I mean, and this is a, it's it's a unique beverage and the presentation is a little bit different. Although they will uh, they will do it either on the rocks or up or neat, but um, <laughs> this Manhattan is made with Knob Creek, oh so good, Carpano Antica sweet vermouth, and a dash of Ramazzotti Amaro. Oh. They serve it up or on the rocks. And this is named for uh, one of their their historic bartenders, Pete Scaglioni. Oh, and listen, it's nine ninety five. Yes, we've had we've had cocktails that were a lot more expensive twelve to fifteen dollars. That dare I say might not have made the show because they were not as good. But definitely have not made the show. Yeah. I mean, this, oh, God, what can I say? A, a lot of people think, oh, you know, bourbon is going to be harsh. But in this presentation, and we had it, we've had it both ways. We've had it on the rocks there, and we've had it served up or served neat. Up or neat. I, I like it neat because then you just get all of the, flavor of that knob creek that is it is strong but it is smooth with just a little bit of bite on the end oh absolutely but what they are also adding to this to to give it that unique flavor to round it out yeah you know you're getting the the Amaro, which is basically, this is a liqueur that's made with herbs, spices, flowers, and fruits. And it is, oftentimes, if people are serving this by itself, they'll serve it um, neater on the rocks with a slice of lemon or orange, and it's served as an after-dinner uh, digestif. Oh, Yes. And this is you're classy, <laughs> not me, but it is. But it's it's one of those that you don't often see as as a ingredient in mixed drinks. This is just a really unique um, application or use of that of that liqueur. This is a sipping and enjoyment of the flavor kind of beverage. This Pete's Manhattan. Oh yeah, because all of these they come together to make just. All of the flavors you get from bourbon, kind of, it's it's a highlight of those and an enjoyment and a celebration of those. Oh, very much so. Although I, I, I probably should have gotten, you know, better clarification because Knob Creek does make a, of course they make excellent bourbons, yeah. but they also make a really great rye. I don't think it was the rye. And I'm, I'm, I'm not 100% certain that it might not have been the rye. It's tough to pick it out only because of the two other ingredients, the Amaro and then the Carpano Antica Sweet Vermouth yeah. added in. So, I, I, you know, it's... What, what can you say about this? Again, it's another very aromatic, floral almost uh, vermouth that is, you know... Their tasting notes on their website talk about things like um, um, mint, plums, figs, reminiscent of Madeira. 
But I don't think it's overly minty. I don't think like what, and, and the amount that's used, I think that this, these, these other two ingredients that you talk about, Mm -hmm. they are like the salt and pepper that, that just round out the cocktail. Yes. The, the beverage. Yes. So uh, it's for sipping at the end of a meal or with a meal that's going to go on for several hours as you look out on that beautiful water in Sand Key mm-hmm. and you watch the sunset and you see the boats go by and you just celebrate being able to get together as family. So it, it it's just a nice, sippable, take your time kind of cocktail. Yeah, this one you absolutely do. You want to enjoy it because the flavor's great, but mm. also they're the only thing in here that it's not a liquor is the ice. <laughs> if you if you get it on the rocks. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, um, maybe plan on having a designated driver or using a rideshare service mm-hmm. if you're going to have one or several. Right. I, I would say if you're going to have one. Yeah. That's just me. Just uh, play it safe and get and and have somebody else drive so, so that you can enjoy. So flavor wise for this, I, I would say that this reminds me a lot of like a, uh, I don't know, like a very herbal, um, maybe in some ways chocolatey kind of like, like not so much the chocolate, like milk chocolate, but like the, the almost red wine flavor of dark chocolate. Okay. If that makes any sense at all. Yeah. Like, like the, when you get those really like 85, 90% cacao uh, chocolates um, like that, it's, it's, it's not a sweet beverage, but it's not so punch you in the face with the um, the fact that the ingredients are all liqueurs. It's not sharp. No, it's not. not that's, and that's the danger sweet. of it. So it's very it's well balanced. Very much so. So That's the danger of it. It yeah. is so well balanced mm. that you, you go, wow, I, th- that was really good. And yeah. next thing you know, you're like, wow, I, I'm on the floor. Well, <laughs> no, we planned. Oh, we planned we ahead. We planned yeah. ahead and we were fine. But it makes me curious about other cocktails on their drink menu. Oh, very much so. And and they everything that they do really embraces flavors of Florida, flavors mm-hmm. of Tampa. Yes. And, and the rich uh, history and Spanish influence of Tampa itself. Even even in their beer. Oh, very much so. They they tr- they choose great beers to have. <sighs> they have uh, Estrella lager which i believe that we had on the tampa beer run we did um they of course carry cigar city which has of course the highlight india pale ale and mm. the maduro brown brown ale which yeah. are two very popular and um, they have tampa you, breweries you know one of our resolutions as the anniversary of our podcast came is to have some great wine we might need to go back there and experience some of their family developed or family selected wines yes they do have some that are specific uh that they chose and were inspired by members of the family or named for members of the family and that includes the dog rusty oh and i mean but also an Several of their dogs and their family were they they have honored family members mm-hmm. and just oh, they have great food, they have great cocktails. Can't wait to go back and experience the wine and have the food and just so happy that they are back open and just putting together some amazing experiences for us. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I want to go back and get that devil crab croquette. Yes. Um, Sorry. Which was not on the mi- their, their abbreviated there. menu right now. Oh so um, if you folks are listening to us out there at the uh, Columbia, Columbia Restaurant, Restaurant Group, let us know when the devil crab croquettes are back on the menu. We can't wait. We want it so badly. But 
the Pete's Manhattan was very much appreciated. Yeah. So if you're heading to the Columbia restaurant, regardless of their location throughout yes. here, the, throughout the state of Florida, yeah. check out the Pete's Manhattan as your beverage after your meal and you will not be disappointed. Oh, yeah. And that will, uh, one of our fellow podcasters says sometimes that will put a lid on this episode of the Ronnie Drink Podcast. We hope that you guys enjoyed everything that you heard today with our um, update on training, our uh, flashback to our time at Clearwater Beach and the amazing food that we had at the North Island Bar and Grill and the delicious drink from the Columbia Restaurant in San Key. Welcome back. Yeah. And if you love what you hear, if you love what you heard, and you want to help us keep the lights on, keep it going, like so many of you have that we appreciate so much, you can become a patron of the show. And like we talked about earlier in the show, there are multiple levels, two, five, and $10 levels, each with their own special perks. You can find out more at patreon.com slash run, eat, drink podcast. But for now, we just want to say thank you for joining us on your long run, your commute to work, wherever you are. We're so happy that you're here in the audience listening to the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. I'm your host, Amy. And I'm your co-host, Dana. We will talk to you really soon. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We're having another great year thanks to your support. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We're at Run, Eat, Drink podcast. And on Twitter, we're Run, Eat, Drink Pod. You can also give us a call at 941-677-2733 or send us an email at info at runeatdrink.net. Visit our website at runeatdrink.net and click on the subscribe link so you don't miss a minute. Find out how you can support the show at patreon.com slash runeatdrinkpodcast accomplish, explore, and indulge right along with us. We'll talk to you next time.